welcome to Existential Dread with Madeline Drain and Martin Loesch. Existential Dread is a podcast for creatives who are probably trying too hard, possibly tying themselves in knots but love their creative field. Perhaps trying to earn some money from their creativity, trying to break into an industry or just enjoying their passion and seeing how far they can take it. Existential Dread is letting you in on the secret that basically nobody knows what they're doing. So we're here to dispel the myth and give an honest account of the stuff that's going right and the stuff that's going up in smoke. Hi, and welcome to episode six of Existential Dread. And this week we're going to be talking about our feelings. Specifically, (laughs) we're going to be talking about the feeling of being bitter. So it's not an emotion that's at all in line with um, this positive mindset we're all supposed to be aiming for all the time, but it is a very human emotion. Um, So we are going to be reclaiming feeling bitter. So when we're thinking of possible themes for this week's episode, we got into this quite um, cathartic conversation about our secret feelings of bitterness towards other people's success. And we kind of realised that um, feeling bitter is this kind of shared experience that nobody's talking about because we're all supposed to be like, you know, not think about anyone else, just focus on yourself. We're all on our own path, all of that. And we're all supposed to be doing that all the time. And it's just not realistic. And actually we all feel envious, jealous, a little bit resentful sometimes of other people doing well. And it doesn't necessarily mean that you don't also feel pleased for them, especially if it's a friend. It doesn't, one doesn't take away from the other, but like, it was just this interesting emotion that you're not really supposed to cop to. Yeah, it is fascinating. It literally happens to every single person that we know. And, and it's as just soon as you shameful. mention it, yeah. they're like, oh my God, yeah, I feel really bitter as well. And this yeah. person got this and then I really wanted to do that. And why aren't I doing this? And it kind of just snowballs out of people because it's like still a bit of a like, Oh, no, no, you're not supposed to be feeling that. Yeah, it's slightly taboo. And it, I think it's it's still hard to even admit to it. Like oh, when we were started talking, I wouldn't admit it to. Yeah. When we started talking about it, it took me a while to be like, oh, I did genuinely feel bitterness without justifying everything else before, without going, oh, yeah, but I'm still happy for them. Oh, yeah, but it's just because, you know, that day I was feeling whatever. I was just disappointed in what I was doing, whatever. Like, it's it's genuinely difficult to look at yourself and be like, yeah, I kind of resented someone <laughs> <laughs> for, for a bit there. Yeah. Yeah. Because this is also a time of like, obviously social media is a huge part of everyone's personal life and now professional life. Obviously everyone only shares their success on social media and with creative industries, a lot of the people that you kind of know, but aren't necessarily your close friends, their social media is going to be the main way, you know, what they're doing or like it's the main way you keep up with them and they're going to be posting kind of exclusively their career highlights so you're experiencing everyone else's highlights of their career and you're kind of living the like slog of the everyday of your own so it's there's always going to feel like this big disparity between other people's like big moments and your reality of like maybe not having big moments all the time and I think you have recently fallen down the trap of the LinkedIn. Oh, God, yeah. Because um, you're great. You don't use Instagram, so you don't get I the don't. Instagram bitterness. But you... Yeah, when people talk about like, doom scrolling and stuff like that, or like, I'm just fucking 
envy scrolling my LinkedIn every morning and I just, it, it's not a good way to start my day. I thought at some point that it was going to spur me into, you know, action and productivity, but it has not done that whatsoever. I just wake up and I look at my LinkedIn and it's all really successful. I say really successful. It's like there'll be periods because obviously we're in film. There'll be periods where like festivals are going on, like the London Film Festival just ended and it's just posts of people going, oh, like great to have been at my first premiere, like first screening, oh, this networking event that I went to, whatever. And um, and then I literally, I only went because I felt bad about myself for not being <laughs> part of it. And so then I was like, oh, I'll, I'll book a film and I fucking I paid through the nose to go to one of the galas or whatever. And I show up and there's just a line to take a picture with the sign that everyone was taking a picture with that showed up on my LinkedIn that says, you know, BFI London Film Festival and everyone's dressed up. And I then just had this moment of like, oh shit, like they're not actually doing any more than just going to the cinema and like maybe talking to people outside of the cinema. They're just showing up to this thing where the festival is very hopefully done like an Instagram spot yeah. and they're just taking selfies with it and going, I've, I've been to the London Film Festival. So it is just branding. And I'll admit, I did the same thing. <laughs> I'm guilty of it too. I pretended I was a bigger deal than I was. <laughs> I pretended I met a bunch of people. I didn't like lie. You just kind of, hey, I attended a gala and it was lovely to meet all these people or whatever. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's the irony of it, isn't it? Like, you spend all this time feeling shit on LinkedIn, but actually, you've gotten quite good at posting on LinkedIn. Yeah, I'm So I can it, yeah. guarantee that you posting on LinkedIn a little bit more than you used to is making some people go, oh, well, Martin seems to be doing loads. <laughs> like, shit, Martin's really pulling yeah. his act together. Yeah, someone I actually... I thought Martin would be bumming around forever. What, if he's doing stuff, I really should be doing stuff. <laughs> yeah, of all the people, I think I'm getting a lot of surprise faces, like, oh, you're actually like, oh, wow. you've got a podcast? And anyone else in the world, <laughs> yeah, that's welcome. not the reaction. That it's like, yeah, thank you. Thank you so much for including me. <laughs> I, I tell, whenever I get the chance, I say, it wasn't my idea. I didn't come up with it. It was all Maddie. <laughs> if it was up to me, I'd be at home twiddling my thumbs. Um, <laughs> yeah. No, I think I get a lot of, usually when you come up to someone and you're like, oh, I have a podcast, you get like, oh, oh, who gives a shit, right? I get, I get the, ah, that's a lot of work. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, it is. Yeah, for someone else. It's like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it is a lot of work, turns out. Like, oh, you see, but you're doing the, the work. I'm like, yeah. But yeah. Um, but in a weird way, I've been kind of caught in the loop of like feeling so shameful about myself and feeling so envious and feeling so bitter that I now feel that the only way to counteract that is not kind of doing things that are meaningful and productive in my own career just pretending that i am how um how do you deal with that emotion then you see something on social media you're like oh. well yeah i think you've got to remember that this is what someone's putting out there this is what they're choosing to put out there and like that's the thing we hear about kind of like even like lifestyle social media a lot is like oh this is you know this person's not every moment is as happy as this picture that this person's posting and not every like day in, at this person's job is going to be as like, you know, as exciting as what they're posting either. Um, I mean, you uh, you do have to remind yourself, you know, don't dwell on what everyone else is doing. 
but also you know that person probably has their own bitterness that they're feeling about someone else they feel like they're there's probably stuff they feel like they're dropping the ball on just as much as you feel like there is for yourself um and it also it's a industry that has this kind of scarcity mindset because it's quite hard like the film industry in particular like it's quite hard to get funding it's quite hard to get like projects off the ground it's quite hard to find the right people to work with sometimes so there is this like mindset of like oh there's not like that much to go around um which i think massively feeds it as well because as soon as you see someone else has got funding it almost feels like well that's now funding i couldn't get yeah even if you had no intention of applying for it it's like well that's gone and there's so little but yeah, this person's I got it wait so... at least next year or whatever <laughs> yeah yeah i find that i have that a little less with the with the sort of funding and the, the grants and stuff because that tends to be quite a regular thing even if it's just yearly i i get that a lot with like working with certain people so if i'll i've just worked with a director and there's another short film festival. So we participated in one and there's another short film festival coming up in like January. And um, as soon as our work with the film festival that we did together, as soon as that was done, I was like, hey, like what's your plan for this next one? And he'd already like assembled a crew that I wasn't a part of. He didn't invite me basically to work with him again. Um, and which is, you know, absolutely fair. Like just do what you do, right? Um, and I know that I shouldn't take it to heart and I know that it's not anything against me because I was a bad writer or whatever. It's just that circumstances or whatever project demanded that he, or he just felt like working with other people, like whatever his reasoning, it doesn't even concern me. Yeah. I could not let that go for the longest time <laughs> just because I was like, well, now that's like my main kind of working partnership that actually has in the past gotten films done that guy's gonna be busy until at least you know january february that means i can't do it. and then he's doing the film festival that i want to do that means i have to wait till next year and by next year who knows what our relationship will be like who knows if he might get a better writer that he likes better than me and it just snowballs um and it's stupid because there's so many people that are willing and and wanting to work with each other yeah like it's an exaggeration of the actual situation like yeah it's not necessarily easy to find people that you gel well with and you know have the connections that you need or whatever but you will if you are present and, and you are proactive like these you will find people and you will find funding somehow like you'll find a way through it um it's just when you don't have that at that second it feels like super unobtainable. Um, it feels like failure. Yeah. Or like rejection. I think with people as well, like funding, get you get your grant rejected, you get your fund rejected or whatever, your application rejected, and then you get <clears throat> softer rejections of like, oh no, like I think I'm gonna work with someone else on this project. Oh no, I don't think, you know, it's something yeah. that you, you know, there's like so many types, different types of rejection. And it all feeds into the overall feeling of like, just I failed and those who have succeeded are dicks, essentially. Like I, you re resent people who <laughs> succeed because you feel well. like you failed so hard, yeah. yeah. Well, that's the other thing as well, is that other people's successful moments feel so much shinier than your own. Because if you work up to something and you know, you get what could be material for like a little Instagram post celebrating it out of it, 
you're so aware of all of the difficult bits that went towards it. Like, you know all of the ups and downs that got you there. Whereas if when you just see somebody else's little snapshot, you don't know that, you know, maybe this person had to make a creative compromise that's meant that they're just like totally disengaged from the project now. But it kind of ended up going well, but they secretly hated it. Or maybe like, you know, they almost had an absolute breakdown getting the funding for it. But all you see is that like it happened. And so it feels effortless and when you're looking at it from the outside. But really, when you get them yourself, it's not as perfect and shiny as the ones that you see and project perfection onto. Yeah. <laughs> you can also like maybe your achievements don't feel as good because you don't feel like you've worked hard enough on them you know if you're on the other side of the coin and and you've been creatively disengaged you're projecting the finished results out into the world you're like you're aware that the facade of it is just it's kind of bullshit and the work didn't follow whatever and you don't think it's that big of a deal what you've done but then, yeah, you see someone else's finished project and you're like, well, I bet they must have had an insanely creatively rewarding and <laughs> important and meaningful and productive process. But I, when I do it, it's just, it's bullshit. I yeah. write three pages and I send it in and that's <laughs> it, you know? Yeah, because it is so bittersweet when like you have a vision for something and then the finished product isn't that vision for whatever reason, like maybe just because of whoever you're working with or like, yeah can be because of what you have to do to get money for yeah. a lot of film projects you have to make compromises um so yeah it is it does always feel like it so takes away from you as a especially for writers i think that kind of like feel like our vision is the one thing we have because we don't have that much control over the like production side of it um but yeah but you don't consider that when you see something else that's done well you're like oh well that must have been the intention right from the very beginning but yeah. actually like someone could like an executive could have swooped in and steered that in a whole new direction you just, it's yeah it's where that you just kind of assume in a way it's it, it's a nice feeling you assume that everyone's nailed everything from the start right like yeah you, you but just... i would never think people would assume that about anything no. i do yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah i never think i nail anything no. at all <laughs> um, and i think if i ever post or like put anything public I'm like, well, well, no, that this is just yeah, stupid, just, that this is, doesn't to. actually mean anything. <laughs> You're like, here, LinkedIn, have my dregs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's weird. You, I'm, you're ashamed of your failures when you're not doing enough, and then you're slightly ashamed of your successes because you don't think you're doing enough or you're good enough or whatever. Yeah. Are we ever going to love ourselves, Maddie? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> not today. <laughs> yeah, not anytime soon. Woo. <laughs> it's have something to aim for. Yeah, maybe maybe this time I'll feel good about and it. And you'll know I do love myself when I do a lovely LinkedIn post about it. <laughs> I did a LinkedIn post about our last uh, episode, and that was that was the most most likes and impressions that I got on a LinkedIn really? post. And I thought, oh, of course, it's like... Not a single person liked my repo. Really? <laughs> I keep on getting notifications that people liked your one. And I was like, these are all French names. I don't know these people. Oh, yeah. It's called networking. <laughs> yeah. It's no. called... You should try it. Uh... <laughs> no, but being bitter isn't even necessarily like, you know, me and this one other person applied for the same job and they got it and now I'm bitter that they've got it and I didn't. Like, sometimes I'm bitter that 
something wasn't even on my radar of something that I should be doing. Like, and I feel this creative industries are often quite like, there's a bit of like this kind of idea of like hustling and like, you could always be doing more. You could always be like trying more things, like going from new angles or like whatever, applying for more funding, applying for more schemes and competitions. And whenever I see like writers that we know getting like shortlisted or whatever for like some competition, I'm so bitter that I do not have the kind of pro proactiveness to even be entering them. So, even, so I'm not even like, there's, I'm not going to win it because I've not even entered it. Yeah. But I'm like, oh, like, why do you have that about you that you can just like be so on top of things to, yeah. to be like doing all this stuff? And it doesn't make me enter them because... Yeah, I don't even fucking look it up. Like no, logically, I don't think it's actually the best use of my resources because you have to pay to enter most of them. But I'm still like, oh, I can't believe you've done that. Yeah. I wasn't even thinking That's about doing big... that. And then you've just done it all the way. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> well done. Huh? Yeah, fuck's I sake. guess, yeah. <laughs> or it'll be like, oh, it's like a sci-fi, horror sci-fi short. And I'm like, I don't write horror or sci-fi. I would never force myself to write a film just for this festival or whatever. But then I'm still like, fucking, why didn't I enter it? Why didn't I, why didn't I write a horror sci-fi just to enter this competition? Pay me 200 bucks. Yeah. <laughs> That's a huge thing as well. I'm like, I'll get to a, I'll like register for it or whatever for a competition. And at the end, it's like, oh, pay $200. And I'm like, I don't. Absolutely I could no. buy like a nice pair of shoes, could go on holidays, <laughs> like so many more things I could do. Yeah. <laughs> Treat yourself instead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, instead of trying and maybe failing. Yeah, which well, just succeeding. shows, doesn't it, uh, that like our emotions are not are not logical. Like At logically, all, no, yeah. we don't. We've chosen not to pursue that route, and yet we're still bitter that other people Haven't have have it chosen well. it, and you know, it's gone, it's gone vaguely well. I wish. What what? If someone like what would you like people to be honest about when it comes to bitterness? Well, I think I'd like us to all stop pretending that it's possible to just fully focus on yourself and not think about anybody else. Yeah. Because also, like, in this industry, you have you have to talk to other people. You have to be involved in what other people are doing. And I think for all, like, people that do, like, freelance work, like, creative work where you're kind of having to negotiate your own terms for stuff, it's so important to know what other people are doing to know what kind of contracts people have signed, to know what kind of money people have been making from stuff because otherwise you have no benchmark for what you should be expecting and like how you should be like expecting to be treated. And actually, I think there needs to be even more of that. We almost in some ways need to be like more up in the like mundane details of everyone else's stuff. Um, so I think I don't think there's a way to like cut it off at this. The way you're supposed to not be bitter is to just focus on yourself and not think about anyone else. But like, we shouldn't be doing that. So I think we need to just accept that like, yeah, it's going to be hard when you compare yourself to other people and, you know, limit it when it comes to judging yourself harshly, but also accept that like everyone else is going to be doing that too. People are probably going to be a bit jealous of you in ways that you've never thought that they would be yeah. because you're like, well, no, but nothing I do is that great. Yeah. writer strikes 
I think has gotten people talking about kind of, yeah, like what their contracts are, how they're paid, all of that, um, their professional situation. It's gotten people to be a lot more honest with each other because we're realizing now like, oh, we're all kind of in the same shit. We're all in it together. Um, <laughs> and similarly... We're all in it together. <laughs> similarly, if you start talking about being bitter and, and you know, you're kind of emotional relationship with everyone else as well as the financial stuff you god knows what progress we could achieve man like if i could honestly go i'm very very happy for you but like don't talk about it please like don't talk about it you know yeah I, you want an award i don't want to know like yeah. well done cool let's move on i'm so happy for you like let's yeah. celebrate another time yeah like not now please <laughs> but do you feel like in a way, is that preventing you from celebrating people's successes? I, yeah, I mean, I guess so. Like, I think, yeah, don't lose the ability to be happy for others. But, yeah. I don't know. I mean, yeah. I mean, I wouldn't go and... If I were to win an award, I would not go and celebrate with a friend that I know is having a... Like, struggling. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I would go to people... Either they're in a totally I'm different sure industry and so therefore aren't comparing themselves to me or are comparing themselves less. No. Or you go to someone or you, you know, you celebrate with the team that like helped or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, I think you'd be a bit mindful about where, where you take your success, like in person. Like obviously the kind of bragging on social media thing is a bit of an issue, but also it's kind of a safer space because people can just on the other side of a phone can have whatever reaction they want and they can go, ugh. And throw their phone down. Yeah. People can't really do that to your face. They have to feign yeah. happiness for you. And hopefully your friends, you know, if you're tactful, are going to be happy for you. Even if they a little bit later go off and feel a bit shit. Like, hopefully the happiness is still there as well. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so in a way, social media is a simpler space to navigate all these emotions. Yeah, I say that. But then nicer. also, you know, it is a bit of a... Like, as we said, it's, you know, it's only the positive bits of people's yeah. stuff. So it's kind of like a, it's like a falsified but simplified version of the reactions that you might have if you're in person with someone. Yeah. And you're like, I'm really successful and you're not. Yeah. But at least you don't have to double guess. Like, you don't, you know, you don't have to second guess yourself and like kind of modulate what you're, you can just be open and be like, fuck you. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Which, which, I don't know what, which one's the best what which one's healthier yeah i mean but also not every emotion is going to be healthy like we have so obsessed with like a healthy mindset a positive mindset and it's like oh some emotions are a bit shit to feel shit and would be shit if you said it out loud to the person you're feeling it about yeah but that there's a reason that we don't say every single thing that crosses our mind yeah. to the person that's right in front of <laughs> us like you know there's a reason shame exists. <laughs> there's a reason we get together and we feel shit about yeah. this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's a reason for this podcast, really. Yeah, there's a reason for this whole podcast. <laughs> but it's like the Gore Vidal thing of like, it's not enough for you to succeed, others need to fail. Yeah, yeah, I like that quote. Really yeah. sweet. It's like, you have to be the only one. Yeah, and it's like, what was the, the other thing he said was like, um, it's nice when your friends succeed. It's nicer when you succeed. <laughs> yeah. It's like, yeah, you can be happy for your friends, but not as happy as you can be for yourself. <laughs> I heard one yesterday was um, winning doesn't feel as good as losing feels bad. 
Oh, okay, So it yeah. feels worse to lose than it does feel good to win. Yeah, it's disproportionately bad to lose. Yeah. Which is kind of what we were saying earlier, like, when you're winning, you're like, ah, I guess, whatever. Because whenever you feel win, entitled to it, you know. You also see a potential downfall. You're like, yeah. oh, this is great. What if never, nothing ever lives up to this? What if I just peaked <laughs> just now? It's like, why can't we enjoy anything? <laughs> <laughs> I just had a good weekend at a fucking, at a film festival and competition and stuff, and we did well, and now immediately I, I was on a high for the whole evening, and then the next day I was like, oh, now what? Like, so that was it. Like, maybe it's as good as it's gonna get, you oh, know? Oh, yeah, you peaked. Yeah. Oh, God. You've not That's why when people are, like, following up with things after their successes, you, like, make a success into more and more successes. I, I find that infuriating, and I wish I had that bone in me or whatever it is. I rest on my laurels. That's what your laurels are for. <laughs> Otherwise, why would we have them? Yeah, that's true. <laughs> it's comfortable. I think my bitterness also stems from a, a level of entitlement to like the success that other people have and i that's obviously not the right way of looking at it but it i i'm not really sure what to do with that emotion like i see people other people succeeding and i feel like i should have that attention and that success for myself like how come it hasn't happened to me and the it's like weirdly it just feels like it should be automatic like yeah, I'm, I'm a putting white in... man. Why? Yeah, Why ex- do I have exactly. This? <laughs> like, where's my privilege? History tells friend? me that I should have everything. Where, where is it? <laughs> Why can't things finally turn out? Root for the underdog. Exactly. Me. Finally, yeah. When's my turn to be successful? Yeah, no, I, I, and it's weird because it, it has no relation to the amount of work that I put in. I mean, it's, it feels shameful to say it, but it's entirely based on how better I think I am at what they're doing. <laughs> Than they are. Like, if I see a film that's won a bunch of awards and I look at it, I'm like, I could do that. Like, much better than that, you know? Um, but then I don't. It's like, the, you know, the people that go, Monarch's bullshit. It's just, I could chuck paint on a canvas. I'm like, yeah, but you didn't. Like, yeah. you didn't do it, and this guy did, so he's successful and you're not, right? It's yeah. the same thing, but. I just never. So you know you're being unreasonable, and but like you still feel the feeling. Yeah, and I, in a way, it's. I think that's the most shameful part of bitterness for me, at least. It's the entitlement that it kind of underlines. Um, yeah, and so I you didn't even worked... realize that you felt like entitled. You weren't walking around being like, "I'm a very entitled." No, person. I just thought I was ashamed delve... of being lazy and I'm not doing enough. But then I realized it's more that I'm ashamed because. I haven't earned the entitlement that I feel. I haven't yeah. earned anything, really. Were you one of those kids at school that always got told that you were wasting your potential? Yeah. Because you didn't concentrate enough? Yeah. Wow, that's really just transposed itself into real <laughs> life, hasn't it? <laughs> that's the one phrase. Every PTA meeting is like, oh, he's wasting his potential. Yeah. Oh, a brilliant kid. If only he'd apply himself. Exactly. Oh, that's so interesting. Is that is that not something that every single person I've heard, though? Is it? You did. <laughs> You're like, no, they were like, she's punching way above her potential. Yeah, she's really over applying. <laughs> she's like, wow, like, nobody expected her to be this good. <laughs> I mean, so I would hear, I would get that sometimes that I wasn't conscious, like, you know, I was pissing around too much. Yeah. And no one really seemed to think I had that much potential. 
Yes. <laughs> or if they oh. did, they weren't saying it. I don't remember that being said. Yeah. Wow, boy, did I show them ish. So now maybe that's why you have a trip on your shoulder. Now you're like, when people yeah, are cheating, no it's not you. anything from me. <laughs> Certainly not in the writing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they were like, this girl can't spell. Get her out of this class. <laughs> Dyslexia a what? That's, Dyslexia you made that up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. I think that's maybe like leftover trauma from school. But then also I was one of the kids that like, I never worked and I did really well. So I just expected good things to happen all the time. Yeah, you found school easy, so you thought all yeah. would be easy. Like, I was good at academia generally just because I could write an essay, essentially. Yeah. And then that, for some reason, is a really good... That's how you know people are good at school. It's like you can write an essay. Which yeah. Is, you know, relatively unfair. I mean, very unfair. Um, but that served me really well, so I did well throughout schooling without really trying that hard, without applying myself. And now I'm in a situation where, like people who are actually applying themselves are doing better and I feel like I should have that because I haven't tried and usually it works out, you know? Um, but yeah, so I, I think this therapy session is going really well. Yeah. <laughs> it made some great progress. Yeah. <laughs> but the other thing is that you actually do try at stuff. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Like it's not, like some of that is, is you like catastrophizing moments where you've not been filling every single second with stuff, which is unrealistic as well do you know what I mean so some of it is like this unrealistic standard of like we should all be doing stuff all the time we should all kind of be trying from all different angles like you know for writers there's like a few different things you can like be doing to like push your work and like some of them are entering competitions some of them are like you know industry related jobs some of them are like yeah like self-producing short films and stuff and you can't no one can physically be doing all of those so, like, some of what you're feeling is from the fact that we kind of feel like we should be doing everything all at once. And that's not possible. Yeah. I liked what you said earlier where it was, um, it was, it's a question of knowing what to do with your resources. Yeah. Like, time being one. Time being the main being one. one. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, there's only so much you can do. And the you're already doing the most if you're doing what you can intentionally with the resources that you have. Um, as long as you're not pissing your time away, it's fine. Like, you're doing enough. Yeah, just, I couldn't imagine, for myself at least, I couldn't imagine being petty towards someone else just because I felt bitter about their successes or resentful about their successes. Yeah, yeah, I think it's important to, like, not transpose that feeling into, like, action that's going to make it worse and, oh, make, and make it like yeah and you become this like you know the bitterness takes over you and it's not or like a shitty like, little comment or whatever yeah undermining people yeah. like being not happy for them in a way that's like that's the only thing that's happening yeah i find it hard not because it someone comes to you or like someone you're you know announces the success that i have or whatever won an award and you're immediately comparing yourself to them that's because, you know, that's what you do. And I find it hard not to then be like, oh, but I also did that. And then, you know, kind of want to talk about my stuff. And, um, you know, just start one on picking people. Like, I have to consciously make the, like, I have to consciously stop myself from 
Yeah, because the more subconscious you are, the more self-obsessed you are. Yeah, exactly. Which is like a really annoying cycle because you're like, if I would only stop thinking about myself so much, this would all be better. Yeah. But then you've made something that's nothing to do with you really about yourself. Yeah, and then you just come <laughs> across as really self-obsessed as well. Like. Yeah. It's not, it's not a good look if it, you let it, like, overrun you. Yeah. And, like, there just is going to be rejection. Like, at some like at some point, you're going to try something and it's not going to work out or, like, you're not going to get something that you thought you, you had earned. Or, like, you know, those situations just are going to arise. And there's nothing like knowing someone that's just achieved something even better to, like, really feel like salt is being rubbed into the wound. But, like you have to let it go at some point. Yeah. It's normal to feel like, I can't, like, as if they've got that and I've just not got this yeah. much shittier thing that I thought I deserved. Well, I think as writers as well, we tend to be quite overdramatic. So, like... Excuse me. <laughs> what? <laughs> How could you? <laughs> um, yeah, so I think you just kind of blow everything out of proportion as well. Um, and it's, yeah, you just take a moment. It's not about you. A lot of times it's not about you. It's just about you in your head. Oh my God, because you know what would happen if we let ourselves just get, if we just leaned into the bitterness and we would both be end up writing scripts about writers yeah. that end up really bitter and start like <laughs> turning to crime. Because they've been like wrongfully shut out of the industry. Really narcissistic, oh, God, yeah. like indulgent scripts. Oh. Just about like... About and a this, writer this who like... This brilliant writer was wronged. <laughs> His editor refused his book, so... No one understood their genius. And he became a paranormal investigator. He saved the world. And he got the girl at the end, because he's so great and beautiful and handsome. <laughs> Ugh. Yeah. See, if someone like that gets successful, then I, then I think bitterness and entitlement is justified. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, writing about writers is just... It just feels cheap every it, time, doesn't it? It is a cliche, isn't it? But I also understand the pull towards it because yeah. i've caught myself and i was like why is this character a writer yeah it's is hard it, to is not is it because have... i have no ideas it might be it might, it might be <laughs> what other people are there yeah and i'm like this person needs to be kind of like creative somehow there's no other way <laughs> <laughs> fuck it they're a writer there are no other occupations no. in the world I'm, going, writing. I'm like i'm like what like architects do they oh. exist i've never met one actors the people that like do the thing that we write those guys those yeah, those exist, exist as yeah, well i've heard <laughs> no but i think the bitterness we feel is like 10 times worse for actors specifically i've spoken to actors before and like you know how we you know there is a bit of a scarcity thing around um writing because like you know it's quite hard to get a script like made with any kind of budget but, like, actors literally get pitted up against each other. Like, they can be sat in a, like, you know, waiting room watching everyone else go in. And, like, everyone might either will, like, look vaguely similar, have vaguely similar backgrounds, like, in terms of, like, their previous oh, work. Um, so they're literally with people that they've been already grouped together with as being similar to. And then it's just, like, and then they're literally competing. So I think whatever we feel in terms of like slight so bitterness, much worse. for actors it's like because the camp the comparison is literally being made. They're literally going, yeah. "Oh, what's this person? How does this person compare against this person?" Yeah. And then they're still supposed to go out and pretend like they're not 
bitter about all the jobs they haven't worked. Yeah, and you're, you're and really little... pleased for the people that did get it, and like exactly be like, oh well, that performance was so great. So they were this person that was supposed to get the role. And also, like actors are no, being, I would have been amazing at that. <laughs> being good to work with and professional and and all that is such an important thing for actors to have. So reject like when the rejection ultimately comes you're in a room with the people that are going to make your career potentially or that are you're going to have to in a way suck up to um and other actors who are feeling the same thing and so you don't get the the you don't get the privilege of stewing in your own emotions for a little bit and being bitter like we do at home in front of a computer screen on, on your phone on linkedin or whatever you literally have to immediately turn it on and be like yeah it's fucking horrendous. And imagine, dude, you, you're nervous about an audition. You're like, this is what you do, right? You're confident about yourself, but you're super nervous. And you walk in, and it's just a room full of people like you, like just room of yous. And you feel Maybe like you're the best you that there is. Yeah. <laughs> like, or that. <laughs> just, it's like they're either better than you are at being you, or you feel like you're the most you that there is in that room. And it's like, if you don't get the part, what the fuck? Like, how do you deal with that? Ah, oh, God, no, I can't imagine what it's like. Because that's a question as well that, so, like, really successful, like, celebrity actors get asked all the time. They're like, oh, well, you tried out for this role, that this, like, really iconic role that this other actor got. And obviously these are all, if they're doing the interview, they're probably pretty successful. But they're all, they all have to be so graceful of, like, oh, well, obviously that was how it was supposed to go. This, this actor did a beautiful job, like, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like... They actually must hate that question because you have to pretend like that's what was supposed to happen. Yeah, because like, that's what happened. Yeah, but God, oh, that God. must be so annoying. Yeah, I feel like, yeah, if if they were just like, ah, fuck, they might be better. I, I kind of respect that in a way, just for the honesty. But I get why you would, you could never say that. Or like, even little things you see at the fucking Oscars or whatever and someone gets nominated, like you get that with Leonardo DiCaprio a lot until 2014 <laughs> when he finally fucking won it. But when he gets nominated and then doesn't win it, and then it's immediately cut to him, and he's yeah. like, and he's like, oh, oh like, yeah, well I'm deserved, so happy, <laughs> very well deserved, and it's oh, like, yeah, horrible. you're having a tantrum after this. So yeah, I don't blame you. At least as writers, the only awards that we the biggest thing would be whether like the the WAG awards or whatever Writers yeah. Guild of America award. That's like your highest thing. We we we're not getting in front of the cameras. No, we yeah. have the luxury of privacy. No one cares what we have to say. Yeah. out loud to be on the page yeah so in a way we're, we're lucky we're safe yeah but we did decide to record a podcast about it so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah now everyone's gonna i'm never out. happy for anybody all i wanted to say that is that it's stupid because i feel bitter because of entitlement but i feel the same bitterness for someone really really famous and amazing at whatever they're doing for their successes like for some reason i feel entitled to that level and oh, it wow. is just an ego right to the top. thing, right to the top, and I'm, and it's just so unrealistic. It's just so dumb to be comparing myself to the greatest people out there, but in a way, it's like that's what you need because you need to strive to be the best in a way to get better. Like, I wouldn't write if I didn't think I could be really, really good. Yeah, I mean that's interesting because I think I'm not sure where the line is, but there's a line with like kind of like success and fame where I'm immune to bitterness because it's so far removed from my life that 
uh, like I'm not the, the comparison has stopped yeah do you know what I mean like I, I think for me it's much more about like the people around me although I wonder if like maybe if I took someone that I really look up to and went back through like to maybe where they were in their career at my age then I would maybe start getting a bit like oh well they had already done this and I haven't yeah. even you know they you know they went to this really prestigious school or like you know got like some really amazing recognition really early and then I start getting like oh well I've not put myself in the position to be able to do that but I think when it comes to just like writers that I like know of and because their work speaks for itself um I think I yeah I think I I don't think I'm capable of being bitter of them yeah yet see that the thing of comparing yourself to to someone famous at the, that point of their career Christopher Nolan went to the same university that I went to was part of the same film society that I was part of and out like the next year after graduating he made a short that was then developed into a feature and that was like i mean it's not great it's called like following or something but it's like his first sort of success yeah and that was a year after that that uni experience and oops yeah i'm still fucking here like yeah. i graduated three years ago <laughs> <laughs> like you know what i mean so yeah but also there's a there's a kind of the success stories like the inspirational success stories are in that way a double-edged sword because i, I well I, oh, yeah they I, inspire me to give up <laughs> yeah well they inspire me to be envious more so yeah. than than be like oh i could do it too there so the the one film i went to lff was uh, the book of clarence and a director who like grew up in harrow didn't really go to film school kind of started late down their creative path but he was there at the gala. He said a few words before the film, which was really, really cool to see him. But he was basically like, at the end was like, oh, I just want you to remember like what you're about to see with all these big names. That was done by a kid from Harrow with, that had just had a camera and like a dream, you know? And I'm like, oh, dude, everyone's super inspirational. And I'm like, yeah, but why not me, man? Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Like immediately I was like, okay, well, he was just a guy at some point in his life and I'm just a guy at some point in my life. So that's, I'm entitled to the same level of success. Therefore, the bitterness comes in. Um, yeah, and it's, it's slightly ridiculous, but all the success that people share and all the inspirational stories and all the kind of, the fact that everyone's process is very public as well. Like the fact that Christopher Nolan and Nolan did all these things before being successful, that doesn't really help at all. Yeah. Yeah. I just and wish people were more like, private about their things. Yeah. Private about success. <laughs> uh, but there were so many degrees of success between us and Christopher Nolan. Yeah. That are like, that I would like absolutely bite your hand off. If you're, if you were like, you could end up here. I'd be like, fucking great. Yeah. Cool. Sign me up. Yeah. I'll, I'll take that. I wouldn't like twist and roll the dice again just to see if I become Christopher Nolan. Yeah. What do you mean? I feel like you would. If you were offered like a medium level of success, like as in like, you know, you've been able to like live off that being your career. Um, and you know, yeah, you've had films get made, you whatever, whatever. Whatever. Not massive whatever success, feel, but yeah, you're not... I'm able to write for a living. Yeah. Yeah. Would you take it or would you roll the dice and see if you become Christopher Nolan. And so the other option is you don't get that, but then you might get one big success. Or or you, you might be one of the most famous writers in the world. 
Well, I mean, yeah, I would want to really? be one of the most famous writers in the world. Yeah, but I mean, you might ideally, not, but you also yeah. might be broken. Yeah. Up and work it back. So it's all or nothing. Oh fuck it's me! It's not all or nothing. It's just and the endless possibilities that are currently in front of you. Yeah, where I could just be a professional writer. And it's I mean, not guaranteed. That is kind of the stated goal. Like, it would be a great life to be able to write professionally and not have to do anything else. But then, just the little devil in me is like, I want to be the, you know, yeah, I want to be the next Christopher Nolan. Christopher Nolan. Yeah, and like, why am I not, man? Why has why has the world not recognized my genius? And then I look at what I actually put out, and I'm like, ah, it's because there's nothing to look at. Like, <laughs> there's nothing. How is the world meant to know? I look Martin. at a half-written script yeah. in my saved folder, and I'm like, oh. If you're not that, finishing anything. That's probably why no one's discovered me. Yeah, if you're not finishing anything, and all you're posting is LinkedIn posts about this stupid podcast. No, I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> we'll cut that, cut that, cut that. Cut that. solution to your emotions but i feel like it's probably good to have people that will share in the shittiness of it and not judge you for feeling bitter and maybe you can both cathart towards each other (laughs) cathart cathart at each other is that not a word no (laughs) is it i don't maybe it is i think it is yeah i think it's a verb do you want to go and cathart together (laughs) it sounds like a euphemism but also then we'll tell you to snap out of it when you need to snap out of it. Yeah. Yeah, so maybe it is better to not just sit in your house and stew over your bitterness and your failures and the success of other people. Yeah, I mean, and if you, the more you can look at other people's stuff and use that as, like, genuinely inspiration rather than, like, shame-hating yourself into trying to be more productive, like, the better. Yeah. But also be aware of which you're doing. Like, are you really... Are you really taking inspiration from something cool that someone's done? Or are you kind of, yeah, are you trying to like force yourself to do something that doesn't really feel right for you? Or you don't really have time to do because you've already got enough else going on? Yeah, manage your resources. Yeah, and you are your own resources. Yeah, manage yourself. Yeah, manage your time, manage your emotions. (laughs) (laughs) Be centred, be one with the world. (laughs) Wow, this podcast has really gone <laughs> gone south very quickly. So uh, let's talk about crystals and the power of the moon. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. I think there are going to be... It's weird to think of people feeling bitterness and you being the object of it. But I even think there's people that will be bitter purely just from the fact that we're like trying to do like something creative. Yeah. I think there's a, so many people that are like do a kind of like nine to five. Yeah something something oh, that's not so, especially yeah. creative and they wish that they would but like just like live vicariously through your successes a little bit yeah or like but like they're romanticizing the whole thing because they're not having to do it so, yeah so it all feels cool yeah from the outside obviously like a bit like we we're saying earlier but yeah i think even just the fact that we've like taken a bit of a shot and are doing something creative and unstable would is enough for people that aren't doing that to but wish they yeah. were to feel better Oh, I have a friend who, uh, my my best friend. So we like grew up really like into stand up comedy and stuff, and I am now actually doing it. And he just won't shut up about it. Like he just <laughs> he loves that I'm doing it. And every time I see him, he's either sending me jokes or giving me like pointers on my act or whatever. 
And every time I'm like, all right, man, thanks. Like, but let's just hang out. I didn't come here for a pep talk. Like, he's like, are you doing, are you still going on stage? Like, man, you should like apply yourself. I'm like, I don't need you to like, I mean, thank you. Yeah. But like, I know that you're not doing it because you're trying to get me to be better. I mean, he is in a way, but he's only doing it because he wishes that he had, I guess, the balls. I don't think it takes balls, but whatever it is, um, he wishes he had it and he wishes that he was doing it as well and he keeps saying oh dude one day i'll come with you and i'll do it and i'll come with you i'll do it and stuff and he never does and now yeah now he's just living vicariously through me so every time i have a set that goes well he's like oh dude like well done send it to me but then what's even more infuriating for me is whenever it doesn't go well and sometimes he's there he'll just for the next week we'll just talk about how i could be better and it's like Hey man, like <laughs> I don't need your input right now. Yeah. <laughs> like I, I just mean, need someone to wallow with me a little bit, yeah. or like you're making him feel really bad about himself. Yeah, and that's I realized that, that recently that like feel? that must feel great. I used to think he was just kind of being a dick and like a bit overbearing by telling me off, like telling me what I'm doing wrong and stuff. But no, it's just because he's he feels like he's not doing what he would want to do, but I am so. Yeah. yeah, his bitterness is like translated in that weird way where he's just giving me feedback all the time. <laughs> Thanks for catharsing with us, everybody. I feel like we've got some stuff off our chest. Yeah, good sesh. Yeah. <laughs> good catharding sesh. Yeah, it's definitely the most therapy-like an episode's got for us so far. Yeah. Hopefully it's felt like a bit of a therapy sesh for you guys. It's, you know, thanks for listening. Episode six, episode about being bitter. Stay bitter, everyone. Uh, talk about your feelings and peace and love and bitterness. Yeah, and we'll see you very soon for another episode of Egg Central Day. <laughs>